times we feel that we have tried everything that we could and we have yet not reached where we wanted to or aspired to. And then we think, why is it happening so? Why do we keep coming back in the same circle, the same hole that we are not able to get out of from and reach where we, where we want to? And then we think, what are the characteristics or what sort of mindset do people carry from the very beginning or maybe early in their career life that has led to them to achieve what they want? So if that is something that really bothers you or that's something that you really think about every day to work upon, then you are at the right place at the right time. What are you waiting for? Let's get started with this episode today. This is Ishani Nigam. I am a recent graduate from the University of Melbourne with a Master's in Marketing and Communication and I am tuning right in from Melbourne, Australia. I help entrepreneurs, businesses, individuals, anyone who would like to create a good audiovisual content and especially help with podcasting, voiceovers and if you are looking out for someone to help you with that, I am right here. And welcome to My First Step Ever, a podcast for graduates and young professionals across the globe to help you take your first step towards your goal. Welcome on My First Step Ever, my friends, my ninjas. This is another episode and there is some first that's happening with My First Step Ever as well. We have had some renowned guest speakers from around the world, but today we have someone from the very first time from UK, London. Joining us today is James Mulwani. I extend a warm welcome on My First Step Ever podcast, James. Thank you for being on My First Step Ever today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. To all my listeners today, I'd like to introduce you what James is really all about and what he's really helping people with. James helped every brand, entrepreneur, whoever's interested in growing their business through audio. He's a real master in that field. But how did he become the master? How did he come to the this stage where he owns three different ventures, a radio company, a podcasting company, and also an online platform where he matches the podcasters and guest speakers who would like to utilize that facility. So there's lots happening over here and you help people with online and broadcasting offline and content space. I see that's your forte, but I'm sure it has it must have been very different when you were a youngster, when you were in your high school days. Yeah. I just want to take you back in those days. And if you can tell us, how were you back at that time? What was your mindset like in your high school days? Yeah, so I, I guess um, it, it's an interesting one because um, I've I've been for the last 15, I'm in my 30s now, for the last 15 years, I've never, ever had a job. So I started out my first ever business when I was like 16 years old. And I remember that really clearly because... I had to, I wanted, my friends were going out getting part-time jobs when, you know, when you're 16, you might be doing like a paper round or working at McDonald's or, you know, washing cars or whatever it might be. And I was like, I'm fascinated by the computer. I was a little bit of a nerdy kid and I spent a lot of time, um, you know, I was learning to build websites, Photoshop, kind of teaching myself some graphic design skills. And I just thought, look, there's got to be a way to make some money online. 
but I to sign up to PayPal so people could send me money so I could start like making a living, I had to be 16. I think that was the minimum age you had to be at that time to get a PayPal account. This was in 2003, which sounds like a long time ago now. I'm sure some people listening to that were probably born around then. But, you know, this was kind of when the internet was just starting to take off. Like, you know, the internet was about 10 years old at that point. So it was kind of not a new thing, but it wasn't as kind of established as it is now. We didn't have social networks and all that kind of thing. So I, my first gig was really designing logos for, for, for people online. I, I started out, I knew how to use Photoshop. I wasn't particularly great at it. I applied a lot of like horrible filters and effects and stuff. And some of the logos I designed, now I look back at them, were probably absolutely awful. But there was certainly a market for people who wanted logos doing for cheap. And as there still is now, actually, um, lots of people who, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to start this internet business. I'm going to start that internet business. So I kind of thought, well, that's something I could do. I already got a copy of Photoshop. I, I know how to use it. I can sort of start advertising. So I started posting online just um, on a kind of forums and job boards and this kind of stuff. Basically just saying, you know, I can design you a logo. It will cost you $20 or $50 or something like that. And, and to my surprise, someone actually contacted me and said, yes, okay, uh, I'll take you up on your offer. Like, can you design me a logo? So that was that was like my foray into the online world. And I think it, what that sort of very early lesson taught me was, well, wow, you can actually make money on the internet, you know, you, which then gets transferred, you know, out of the computer into your bank account and then you can go and spend it. And I kind of, I remember just finding that completely fascinating, you know, 16 years old, you know, $20 doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're 16, $20 is loads. And I was like, well, I can do three of these a week and I can make, you know, a couple of hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> so I kind of just started off, the, the first company I started was a, a banner design company. So you don't see them as much anymore, but they used to be like, the internet used to be covered in like these animated banners, you know, the little gift banners that flashed. You still see them a bit, but back, back then they were really, really like all over the place. So I, start, I set up a website called New Banner and um, basically I had different packages where, you know, you could buy banner designs and it really it was one of these things that i could churn them out very quickly it didn't take a lot of time for me to create them um, and it was quite easy to satisfy clients because basically they'd already have had a logo design they already knew what the colors that they wanted in the fonts and stuff so you kind of you already had a, something to work by it's not like creating a logo where you kind of well you have to kind of come up with something original you, you're just basically working what with what they've already got and then you just ask them what you want the banner to say you know you know we're running a discount this week or whatever and you could kind of make it flash and make it all animated and stuff so i started churning them out really quickly and that was kind of like the first i suppose online business that i created probably got bored of doing that after maybe three months so i, I did and i went through a phase then of of kind of exploring lots of different avenues and really the way i ended up going to where i am now kind of with the audio space was uh, at the time i was also while i was sort of finishing school and, and then going to uh, college we call it sixth form over here before university i was really keen on radio i would i used to love listening to the radio when i was growing up always listened to the radio um and I, I wanted to get involved in radio. I was, I, was go, I was going into radio as a DJ. So I started doing a bit of DJing here and there. When I was at uni, I, I used to DJ. I did a couple of DJ gigs in bars and clubs. But also, uh, you know, like radio stations, so online radio stations. I did a little bit of hospital radio, community radio, that kind of thing. And I was kind of really interested in going to radio. And whilst I was doing that, I kind of also learned what went on behind the screens like how do you take the radio stations content and stream it online 
So there was already software to do this. You kind of just had to know how to use it, but most people didn't. So this was really when I got started in the, the audio space. I set up a company called Wave Streaming, which made that process easy for people. So um, we sold streaming media effectively services to the radio industry but also you know to charities to um, businesses wanted to broadcast different messages and that kind of I launched in 2004 probably when I was I would have just been around 17 years old and and then I grew I went off to university so I did four years at uni and then after I graduated uni that was when things really took off for me because I I was a one-man band you know I was kind of the the, the tech support guy I was writing code I learned to um, obviously build the website and, and sort of start selling products and services so I was doing the marketing stuff and really just taking care of the whole picture and so it was kind of really good it was a really good little business to begin with just to kind of dip my feet and kind of learn you know the tricks of the trade learn really how to, to operate an online an online store and online business and then yeah in 2011 I was really lucky I just finished university and I had a, a call one day from AOL AOL is obviously a huge company and they said look we've got this software which you're using as part of your product which was a bit of software called Shoutcast and we'd kind of built Shoutcast was almost like the core of our system and we'd built all these tools and stuff around around it and I think at this stage I'd, I'd, I'd maybe hired a couple of staff so it was maybe three a team of three or four of us and uh yeah I got the call they they I flew to New York to go and go for a meeting and I was 23 at the time I think 22 23 something like that mm-hmm. and and yeah we struck this deal with AOL and that's when things really started taking off for us like it the business went from you know me and a couple of guys to we very quickly grew to a team of maybe like 10 or 15 at that stage uh, within a space of like a year um and you know it was a really exciting time and but of course you know you learn your lessons a lot in business and we were really dependent yes. on this one deal yeah. you know this one deal had kind of changed our fortunes in terms of it, it, it put the company the company was doing okay before but then it was doing really really well you know it, it put it on a complete upwards trajectory in terms of our revenue but but because this deal was there I, I was kind of always conscious mm-hmm. that it wouldn't last forever you know it seemed a little bit too good to be true yes and in a sense it was it kind of you know I, I was set up at the right time yeah. so when luck came my way I was able to take advantage of it but I, yeah, I think two years later, uh, after we struck that deal, AOL then sold that part of the business to some other company and they weren't interested in working with us. So very, very quickly, things slowed down. And, um, you know, I was I was kind of panicking. I was sort of in my mid-20s at this point. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do next? You know, this is, I've worked, you know, for the last sort of eight years building this thing up since my mid, since sort of like my late teens and, and and now I'm in my mid-20s and I've got like 10 staff on my payroll and what happens if I can't afford to pay them every month and you know so I kind of like freaked out I had a year where I was like probably not in a very good place mentally and the business was kind of it didn't come crumbling down overnight but of course it had st- stopped growing right and we started sort of decl- seeing some decline in revenue so so that was the stage where I was like right what do we do next how do we get past this and that was where the idea for radio.co came about 
Yes, I, I would definitely like to come to this point when you started off Radio Co and then Podcast Co. But before that, I think we have covered, I think, a four or five years a sp- early span of your life, early yeah. career life, and in which I see that you were very curious since the very mm. beginning. You were outright there to experiment with things happening on, because internet had just come, as you just mentioned, and you were experimenting. You were eager. Was, yeah. Yeah. And I think you always had that learning attitude. So I think for anyone who is listening to us and who is in that age bracket right now, I think these are the few qualities that if you think what really lead people to, you know, to be successful in their life, I can definitely say these are few qualities that have come across from your story as well, that they really help you shape uh, further. James, I would like to ask you one question over here. As you mentioned that you have never done a job and Mm. you were always uh, doing something of your own. You always had an entrepreneurial spirit since the beginning. And in this phase, when you are an entrepreneur, there's always a lot of ups and downs keeps going that way. Did there ever come a point in that span before you came to your, you know, 25 years when you started Radio Co. before that, where you felt that this is not going my way, it's really difficult. So if you would like to take a list to that. I think before I'd hit on the radio thing, there was a number of ventures that I'd attempted to launch and not really done very well. You know, I had a web design company and, you know, I, I was kind of, I was, I was doing, you know, we got, we, I was getting some projects in, some of them were not very well paid. And also some of them were just kind of those kind of clients that would like, you know, they'd niggle you. So you'd kind of be there, you do the project and then they'd be like constantly just chatting to you on instant messenger saying, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And I think I realized at that stage that I wanted to build a business that wasn't me exchanging my time for money. Instead, I wanted to have a product that I could sell. So the difference between being a freelancer, which is basically how I started and how a lot of entrepreneurs start in some way, shape or form, you know, one man band doing some kind of service, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, you you start out by you know, mowing people's lawns, right? Or something like that. I, I was kind of, I sort of saw myself as a bit of like a, an internet handyman or, you know, sort of like a, you know, so someone who could kind of just do bits and bobs on the internet. So I could kind of build basic websites. I knew a little bit of code. I knew how to design like basic logos, but I wasn't particularly amazing at any of these things. And I kind of was like spending a lot of time working with clients and it's not very scalable. Um, if to scale a business like that, you need to then start hiring other staff to fulfill those client requirements right so it's like in a classic agency model when I was 17 18 I didn't know what an agency was I just thought I could design websites so I'm going to just try and design as many as I can and I soon realized that you know I was spending too much time designing these websites and dealing with these customers who are quite often awkward and and it wasn't like that scalable I didn't really know how to to kind of take it to the next level but when I started wave streaming which as I say was my first kind of like radio streaming venture suddenly I had one product which I could sell again and again and again which suddenly meant that I was not having to work with just spend a lot of time doing different client jobs and I could you know suddenly um, you know create one one product and sell it to multiple people and of course there was still a lot of work involved you have to provide customer support to those people tech support and actually it was kind of there were points where 
even running that business was a bit of a nightmare because you know I I lost what what one thing if I if, if I don't really have any regret but one thing I never got to do I went off to university and I had a great time at uni and I worked very hard growing the business while I was at uni uh, so it's, so it's to a point where when I finished university I didn't have to go and find a job you know I was making enough money that to, like uh, I, I could pay myself a full time wage effectively because to begin with I was just starting out I wanted to just make some money on the side it was like oh my friends are getting part-time jobs that was my ambition really just to kind of do like, like a side hustle but then obviously you know going through university you realize well when you go out into the real world you suddenly need to make more money so that was really my focus at university but I think because of all of this I never got to say for example I never did a gap year I never got to go traveling I I, I remember going away on, on vacation when I was at university with my friends a couple of times and it was just stressful because I I, I couldn't relax like I was sat on these internet cafes. Again, back then there wasn't iPhones and, um, you know, you had to either carry around a big heavy laptop or um, go and use these internet cafes. So that was kind of like what I would do. You put like coins in and you get like 10 minutes and you put another coin in and you get another 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was always like the internet speed was always really slow and it was just like really an unideal situation to run a business. But I couldn't, I couldn't switch off because if I went away for a week and didn't talk to my customers or didn't help people out if the things were going wrong or fix problems if they arose, obviously my reputation or my company's reputation yes. would kind of go, come crumbling down. And it's funny because back then, like I don't think – many of our customers knew that it was just me I you know it was very much just we were presented you know I presented it as a company so I think I think uh, uh if some of the customers knew that it was like a you know 19 20 year old kid running this business they'd probably run a million miles away of course it was it was not presented like that so it's kind of but but you, you can't take your eye off the ball and because I didn't have any other staff I didn't have any support network around me meant I couldn't relax so I'd say that's one of the sort of the drawbacks to to to, to what I went through in terms of growing the business but you know, sometimes you've got to make sacrifices in order to get where you want to get. So that was kind of the sacrifice I made, I suppose. Um, but then I, at the same time, I still, you know, it wasn't a sacrifice to a point where I didn't have any kind of social life. I still went out. I still had friends. I still partied while I was at uni and I did all that kind of stuff. So it was it was good. But I just had to make sure I, I, I could never, ever take my eye off, off the ball and make sure I was always on top of things. Thank you for sharing that, first of all, because I think could relate to a a lot of things what you said right now over there definitely when you give your i mean if everything depends on you if you're not working and things yep. come crashing down you are your biggest investment and then that does take a lot of courage because you are sacrificing a lot of other things so from i mean all these years that you have been working and you're working so hard when you mm. finally came to the point when you thought of starting your radio company and then the podcast and then when you come to matchmaker you already had uh, you know ventures so this wouldn't be your first time if there's anything that you felt for the first time any sort of fear or something that you were learning new to go ahead with these companies which are so established right now that you would like to take our listeners through as they also struggle with any first step that they would like to take towards their goal but they keep procrastinating and they aren't able to go ahead okay so i i think the first thing is you've got to just put an idea out there and, and see if there's a a great example so with matchmaker.fm right so this is a platform where we've now got over 35,000 members we're almost at 40,000 members and we've been we've been live for about a year and a half so it's grown really really quickly and it's a great platform it's 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 a platform which connects podcasters with guests i think this is how we met you know yeah we initially 
didn't come up with us. It, we kind of fell into this by a mistake. What what we decided to do, we'd, we'd launched the podcasting business, podcast.co, and we were looking at different ways that we could get audiences onto our website. And we so we looked at the podcasting space and we thought, okay, well, most podcasts seem to have guest interviews. So we kind of set up these two landing pages, which were on podcast.co. And one said, you know, if you're looking for great guests, please complete this form. And we had like a Google form on there. We had another page which said, you know, if you're looking for, if you're looking to be interviewed on podcasts, if you're if you're an expert in a certain field and you want to get bookings, complete this form and tell us about yourself. Um, and it wasn't just like a, you know, enter your name and your email. It was a bit, a bit you know, these forms are kind of quite lengthy. Like, you know, tell us about your skills. What's your, what's your area of expertise or what's your podcast about? And we were, we ran some traffic to these two pages. Through uh, a combination of blog posts that we were writing, maybe run some advertising traffic to it as well, just to kind of test to see this idea. And suddenly, like we were thinking, oh, we could turn these these people into podcasting clients. But then we we really had the idea of, well, why don't we actually just try and build a platform that connects these two groups of people together? So that's really how Matchmaker came about. It was it was it was almost an, an unintentional platform that we kind of ended up creating as a byproduct of Podcast.co. So I would say. Um, but 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 the point of the but going back to your original point of you know if, if you're nervous or if you're worried about sort of going into an industry, make sure that there's a demand there before you actually take those steps. That's what we did with Matchmaker. We kind of validated that yes, there were lots of people who were trying to find guests, and yes, there were lots of people who wanted to be on on podcasts. So so because we had that information, because we knew we knew that by by creating these kind of like what you call an MVP or a minimum viable product, which was just these two Google Forms. We had the kind of confidence that, okay, yes, we should invest in, in this platform. We should spend money and time creating this product. You know, and again, it's different for me now because I have a team of about 35 who work alongside me. So, you know, back in the early days, you're doing everything on your own. It's a great way of cutting your teeth, as I say, in the industry. But I think, you know, to scale and to run run big businesses you obviously you need great teams behind you and and of course you can never be good at everything i i used to think i was like the best programmer coder in the world because i used to be able to you know write databases and all this kind of stuff until i hired my first ever developer back in probably 2011 or something and uh, yeah i was he was like my second or third hire and i was like oh my god i'm really not a very good developer at all this guy is miles better than me so uh, i'll leave it up to him <laughs> and so i so they kind of very quickly moved away from from that sort of aspect of the business but for for, but for example like with with marketing that's something i used to have very little, little interest in back then you know i was not really very good at marketing i didn't really have a strategy and and also i think perhaps you didn't have to be as aggressive it was easy there wasn't as much competition just generally right. like you know the internet has changed drastically in the last 15 years since i started of course and there's a lot more websites out there and whatever industry you're in there's always going to be competition now i think there's kind of very few stones left unturned if that makes sense but you know even then i still had competition but it, it's it, it's it's one of these things you know you competition can sometimes be a good thing because it shows you that there's a demand there in the first place but yeah so so sort of my advice would be just make sure that you're confident you, number one you need to be passionate about what you're doing it needs to be something that's of interest to you uh, and number two make sure that there is actually a demand for that product or that service out there
I think that's terrific. What I really, really like about your journey and you as a person in particular, I think you are always keeping up to date with things. How you just mentioned that why when you started at that point in time, marketing was not that aggressive, and I completely agree with that. Right now, it is so in your face, and there's so many things that are happening online, but you still have to keep doing it. So there's also a shift of how you are marketing yourself and what really works right now. You also have to be very relatable and real. along with that a very beautiful message that you have shared is for our listeners is that if you really want to start something it's just that you have to be first really passionate about it yeah. or you have to feel for it once you mm. feel for the subject that you really want to do the goal that you want to achieve that's the first step and then you take the little step for example how james went forward by building an mvp that was a step that he took towards whether he would like to go ahead because i think as you mentioned you did not have in your mind at that point in time that you will be building an app a platform like matchmaker that just happened down the line so that yeah. that again shows us that what one can achieve when you start taking the small little steps and just go for it so yeah james thank you so much uh, for taking us through your journey in depth i thoroughly enjoyed it one thing i would really like to mention about you over here that i see i think you are a visionary saying so because i think uh, as you started radio and podcast company and matchmaker long back mm. you ha- you had that vision you i think you studied the market very well i would say that and it's yeah. booming right now so yeah kudos to you for that would you like to say something to to, to our listeners before we wrap up today <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, obviously, if you've got any questions uh, or if you want to get in touch with me, um, I've got a website, jamesm.com. I send out a newsletter most weeks. And if you go to jamesm.com slash connect, there's all my social media links on that. So if, if anyone's got any questions, feel free to reach out to me. That's lovely because I'm sure a lot of listeners who are over here, they are very interested in podcasts as they're listening. They would like to learn about it. And yep. you definitely are a very, very good person for it. I'm very sure about it. We will be sharing your or contact your online contact details with our listeners if they would like to reach out to you and before we leave i request all my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a thought or a saying that you really resonate with that's a good good one i mean i think to i have a mantra which is create reach inspire um so it's like go out there create something amazing try and reach the right audience and inspire others So thank you so much for tuning in to my step ever podcast today with James we had so much fun thank you so much for being here and I'm and if you have really enjoyed this podcast episode today I would really request you to take some time off and be grateful and say and leave a thanks on James profile and we wrap up today with yet another episode of my first step ever podcast that tells us that nothing is impossible and there are ways that you can achieve your goals if you put your mind to it so i hope you enjoyed this episode and i will see you soon with another episode next week until then if you like what you hear then you can follow this podcast on spotify apple google podcast or on anchor you can also be a part of My first step ever underscore IN Instagram community and if you like watching videos you can also watch the entire podcast the video on YouTube channel Ishad Nigam So my friends and ninjas until next time I would just like to say start believing in yourself 
and keep believing in yourself. <laughs>